What's up everyone, my name is Ahmed Al Balaghi. Thank you very much for tuning into the 36th episode of Encrypted. Today, I speak to Tom Ogilvy, who's the CEO of Staked. We cover the differences between proof of work and proof of stake, different implementations of proof of stake networks, the roles of staking services and node operators, the addressable market size of this niche market, and also related regulatory concerns. We hope you enjoy this episode, and if you liked what you heard, please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and other platforms that you're listening from. Don't forget to support us by spreading the word. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Encrypted. Encrypted is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to guiding you through the blockchain and crypto universe. My name is Ahmed Al Balaghi, and I'm coming to you live from Dubai. And I'm remotely recording here, and I have a special guest called Tim Ogilvy, who is the CEO of Staked. Say hello, Tim. Hello, thanks for having me. How are you doing? Doing great. Yeah? So could you quickly introduce yourself and give a bit of background about yourself? Sure. I've been an entrepreneur for roughly 20 years. I did 10 years helping build a bunch of internet businesses, both consumer and, and business to business. And then the last 10 years, I've been building businesses for myself, an ad technology business that I sold to a company here in New York called Media Ocean, a, a mobile gaming business, and have been working on stakes for the last year and a half or so. All right, great. And so what? why have you been sort of doing these different businesses? Do you just sort of spawn opportunity and you just want to solve it and just go head in all in it? Yeah, I think, you know, ultimately, I really enjoy building software to solve real problems. So at the heart of everything we've done has been identifying an issue that customers have and then yeah. building technology to help make that an easy and reliable solution to, to their problems. And I think that's you know, very characteristic of what Staked is doing as well. All right, great. And b- before we, we talk about Staked and, and, and staking in general, what, what got you in, into the crypto and blockchain space? You know, I think as an as a entrepreneur, I just tend to explore areas that are interesting and, and, and maybe there's a lot of, of investor interest or money. I do that in a variety of different categories. And when I happened on crypto, as I think a lot of people do, every time I peeled back one more layer of the onion, I got really interested in, in figuring out the next bit and, and deeper and deeper. So... All of a sudden, I found myself spending all my time thinking about, talking about, and working on crypto-related stuff. All right. So when was that flipping moment then when you realized, oh, this is this thing is actually really bigger than what is? Well, I think, I, you know, I've always had an eye on crypto as it was going to continue to be big because I think digital money generally is has a, a big characteristics associated with it. I think looking at a lot of the activity happening around smart contracts and programmable money and a lot of the innovation there gave me a lot more confidence that there's even more here than, than I think I originally thought. And so that probably two years ago was really when I started doubling down and thinking about you know the broader areas where, where money that, that you can program rules into it start to become really interesting. All right, great. So your, your company is called Staked, and it's super interesting. It's, it's all about this new, well, 
it's currently a new concept, it seems, in, in the crypto space, but it's been around for a long time, concept of staking or generalized mining. Do you want to give a quick sort of, you know, layman um, description of, about what generalized mining or, or staking is? And then we could sort of dig into the details a bit further on. Sure. So proof of stake is, is really an alternative to proof of work mining, which is the security mechanism used by Bitcoin to and, and uh, you know, most of the early cryptocurrencies to secure the network against double spans and, and ensure consensus. With, with proof of work, miners are generally looking to solve a mathematical puzzle, and the first one to solve that puzzle gets the block rewards associated with, with each new block. And, and the challenge with that, or one challenge, is that it, there's an enormous amount of energy used in that process, which is going outside the system. The proof of stake uses a, a different mechanism to secure the network. We, or networks that use proof of stake, effectively use voting through stake to ensure consensus. And, and you, uh, as a holder of a proof of stake cryptocurrency, can, can stake your assets with a, uh, a node that is running the, the server software and basically vouch for them as an honest provider. And to the extent they do their job correctly and are honest and trustworthy in the network, no double spends, no breaches with consensus rules, they earn a portion of the block rewards. And so uh, you can think of this as, as there's a the new inflation in a proof of stake currency goes to the existing holders of that currency who are participating in a consensus process to secure the network. So that's a that's a long way away of, of what staking is. All right. And the idea is instead of the traditional proof of work mining and proof of stake, you'd be able to actually get to consensus by sort of depositing or staking um, the coins of that network. And you, you mine a block, you earn rewards from it. And if you do something which is against the rules of the network, you'd get slashed or you, you would be sort of penalized for, for doing so. And so then you mentioned inflation and you mentioned these different sort of mechanisms of, of how people can, can sort of obtain con- consensus as well. So could you talk about the differences well between the proof of stake and delegated proof of stake as well and how this fits into the whole sure. premise of, of delegation and delegating coins to, to certain people? Sure. Well, there are a variety of ways people think about running a network and governing a network. And that leads to a wide variety of implementations of proof of stake. And so one um, delegated proof of stake is effectively a voting model. And EOS, for example, is one of the largest that uses delegated proof of stake. You vote for block producers using your, your assets. And those block producers are then elected to run the nodes of the network. They run the software, and you're basically trusting that these honestly selected nodes are going to run the network in a way that works for you. And to the extent that they don't, or they're dishonest, or they're not performant, you will vote them down, and, and they will then not run the nodes. Yeah. So that's delegated proof of stake. That there are. Other variants of proof of stake, Tezos and Cosmos are probably 
you know, the, the more modern ones that, are, that have been launching in 2018 and 19, they use a, a consensus algorithm where all of the nodes are independently, effectively establishing consensus with each other. And so the algorithm itself ensures that more than 66% of the network agrees with, with each other, and that's, that's what it allows it to move on. And so there's no, there's no notion of a trusted group of 20 servers that run. Uh, the trust is established through math and the, the algorithm of the proof of stake, which is if you do something correctly, you get a small reward. If you do something dishonest or try to cheat the system, you're going to get slashed and, and lose a portion of your stake. And that's the that's kind of the heart of what I think of as, as kind of pure proof of stake. But there are a variety of, of different ways we could do it. Yeah, and I think that's what's really interesting about, about this is that there are a variety of ways and each way is its own economic economic system and people have to sort of decide whether this is something that's um, of use, if there's something they could benefit from and something that they could actually contribute to. So I wanted to ask regarding Staked, your company, how does Staked play, play a role in this space? Right. So as we mentioned, the, the core of staking is, is really two things. There is the act of, of saying, I want to participate in staking. And then there's actually running server software for the network, ensuring that it's up. It's highly secure because if a hacker is able to hack into nodes that are participating in consensus, there are, there are real security risks. So, um, you know, I think what we've found is that almost every investor wants to earn the interest rate-like return from participating in staking. But almost no investor wants to be running their own server software and doing system administration and uptime requirements associated with, with actually earning that. And so what Stake does is provide that staking service by running software on behalf of investors. We work with some of the largest crypto funds in the category, folks like Pantera Capital, Multipoint Capital, and they delegate their assets to us. They effectively vote for us in the proof of stake mechanism. And we then reliably and securely run the server software that ensures they get paid what looks like a, a you know interest rate in the currency that they that they already hold. All right. And, and so then are your customers the funds who actually invest into these digital assets? Or could they be normal people who've, you know, invested a small yep. amount in the ICO or they've I mean, they could just publicly delegate. Uh, our, yeah, our customer is any holder of a proof-of-stake cryptocurrency. So, you know, it is from a go-to-market strategy for staked as a company, we target and, and establish relationships with some of the larger holders early because it's easier to work with a larger holder than, than not. But you can go to stake.us, our website, get instructions to delegate to us, and access our reporting system all as a holder of a small amount of crypto. So then what do you provide this service for all proof of stakes, proof of stake networks, or do you choose which ones that you like to, to support? Yeah, well, we today, we'd like to support all of them. Today, we support nine currencies. Mm -hmm. um, that's a combination of, you know, our, really, we don't decide what are we going to 
run software for. We, our customers tell us, I hold okay. Cognos or Tezos or Decred, and I want to stake it with you. Go support it so that I can earn the, right. the personal rewards. So, you know, today we support nine Decred, Tezos, Dash, LivePeer, EOS, Factum, uh, and a number of others, Cosmos, Tezos. We'll probably support about 20 by the end of 2019. Some of the big ones include Polkadot, Ethereum, NewCypher, Keep, Thunder, Launchain. Uh, there's a whole host of, of mm-hmm. new ones on our roadmap that, that we've got on our site. Okay, big. and and how how big do you think this this market would become in both sort of in the sense of how much staking rewards can this accumulate to? So how how what is the addressable market size? Well, I think there's a couple things packed into addressable market. You know, at, at stake we start with staking, and staking is is roughly twenty five percent of the digital money universe. So if you yep. think about cryptocurrency generally, proof of stake currencies will be roughly 25% of that. You know, we think about the, the the service we provide investors a little more broadly than just staking and really think about earning a yield on the crypto that you already hold. And so we started with staking, but we're also expanding into helping investors lend their cryptocurrency to earn a yield. So that's another way you can earn an interest rate. Most of the people we work with are simply interested in how do I get the lowest risk, highest return on my assets rather than, you know, I want to work in staking or I want to work in lending. And so we look at how do you, you know, the the broader mission when you think about market size is every crypto asset should be productive, meaning it earns some form of inflation or, or some form of yield on it, whether that's through proof of stake, that's through lending, that's through running a lightning node uh, on Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, and so, so I think for stakes, we want to turn every single digital asset into a productive asset and help investors earn that yield in a way that's that's very simple. All right. And so then... When when we're looking at the market today, you know, you have Coinbase that have come up and said they're now introducing staking services for the institutional clients, for Coinbase um, custody. You have Binance, which owns Trust Wallet, and Trust Wallet have effectively allowed their users to easily stake Tezos. How do you see this market evolving? And other than the things that you've just said, how can staked and other competitors, such as staking facilities, Cryptium Labs and, and, and the rest of them actually compete with wallets and exchanges that will probably provide this service in the future? Well, I think, you know, as it relates to moves by Coinbase and Binance, I think the, the core of it is, is pretty straightforward. I mean, there is a ability for assets that are held at Coinbase or Binance to earn an interest rate. And, and my belief is if Assets are not earning that interest rate like yields. They're going to move to a place where they can earn that yield. And so I think Coinbase and Binance are being, you know, they're smart. And so adding those facilities, I think it's just a matter of time before everyone either adds the ability to stake or they're going to go out of business because the assets are going to migrate somewhere else. And so we as a business, we help companies. We have a, a 
infrastructure that we provide to exchanges and custodians and wallets that can allow them to stake across all the currencies we do today. And so, I, you know, I think rather than competing with them, we partner with them is, is one part of the answer. And I think the other is, you know, we've got to stay for our supper and ensure that we're delivering value to customers in a way that, that makes them want to work with us and, and not sort of just drop their assets on an exchange and, and uh, sort of set it for them. And I, and I think that will will prove to see how that competitive landscape moves over the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, and do you feel this is a, a form of, let's say, crypto robo-advisory in, in some way or form? Because you you are, in a way, telling people to sort of come to delegate to us rather than other people. And I think there's one thing we also haven't mentioned is, is the fact of um, the, the non-custodialship of delegation and how this is very different to, to the aspect of, you know, actually depositing assets in a bank and then it becomes a liability on the bank side. Whereas this is a completely different way of actually, you know, sharing or depositing an asset with, with someone, uh, if, if you could explain that quickly. Sure. Yeah, so I think, as you mentioned, almost all of the partners we work with are are delegated. So we don't custody the assets. The assets remain custody either with third-party custodian that they work with on a ledger, however they're custodying today. So we can't spend the funds, we can't lose them, we can't be hacked in that regard. Uh, and I think that makes it easier to interact with someone like State because the the way you interact with them is simply signing an on-chain message that says, I want State to be my validator. It's a, a relatively lightweight way of doing it. It also means you can move away from us if you don't feel we're doing our job over the long term. Uh, answering the question about are we a robo advisor, I think I, you know, the way we think about the business is a little bit more around the fixed income side of the business, mm-hmm. where um, interest rates are you know they're pretty simple. This sort of idea of you just have a, a government bond that returns X percent interest each each month or year, and that evolves into just this bewildering array of financial products that exist to help people take on very specific types of risk or exposure that they want to that they want to take on or to hedge. And, and I think very early on in my career, I worked on the debt derivatives desk at JP Morgan. So I got exposed to a lot of, of the complexity and the interesting things you can do there. That I think is really the primitives we're building today are going to evolve into much more complex versions. Uh, for digital assets over over the coming years, and so that's where we're focused our time is in maybe some version of a robo advisor, but it's it's really providing smart contract like functionality that will allow people to earn a yield in a way that that expresses a very specific set of risks that they want to be exposed to, and gives them a very specific set of of returns in, in response. And and how about regulatory issues? Have you come across them? Do you have to be regulated to do something like this? You are based in the U.S. We're, we're in the U.S. We spend a lot of time with lawyers to make sure that we are doing everything as as much by the book as yeah. as we think. Right? I mean, the, the biggest challenge with U.S. regulation right now is there's not a lot of information 
about clear guidelines as to, as a staking provider, what does stake need to do to ensure we're compliant? So what we do is we work with, with our lawyers who have an opinion on exactly how we should operate. We then operate in, in that fashion. And so I think as the regulatory environment evolves, we're a good actor and we'll continue to do what we need to do. I think the, the opinion so far has been KYC, because we're not taking custody of an asset and there's not an investment, there's not really a necessary need for things like know your customer and anti-money laundering checks because we don't actually, we're not moving the money into our account and then out again. But we, we watch these things and, and pay attention to it. But typically from at least how staking works is that when somebody delegates to you and then a reward is generated, you would have to give the reward back to, to the delegatee. Is there no sort of, is that okay from the regulatory sense as well? I mean, is So the way we operate our business in, and there are you know, specific cryptocurrencies like Tezos, for example, mm-hmm. where we receive rewards and then distribute them back to the, the people who delegate to us, we do not, there's, there's no account or possession of those assets. Those assets go immediately back to the same address that is delegated to. And there's no control by the delegee as to where those assets go. Simply is always going to go back to the same address that it started at. And so ultimately, you know, it's not moving money around. It's, it's simply kind of delivering a, a yield back to the, the end. But, you know, as you mentioned, it's a little, there's a little bit more complexity there. And I think we'll see how does the U.S. regulatory framework evolve to, to have a point of view on that. Yeah, I'm actually going to speak to the Abu Dhabi regulator next week about this as well, about, just about staking. Yes. Because they we, have... we love to get clear guidance on, yeah. on how to do this properly. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And um, they must have said that because it's the first time they actually hear about the concept of staking. And they said that it, it might fit under some of the regulation that they already have, but they need to look into it a bit more before they actually can finalize on something. Oh, great. Yeah, well, anyhow, I'll, I'll date you on how that goes. Yeah. So one one more question before we sort of um, wrap things up. So in terms of the actual, in terms of the, the market in general, you have, you know, improve of stake networks. There are many different ways that people can earn rewards, right? Like you said, whether it's through the normal staking or through the, the different products that you, you have, such as lending services as well. There's also another thing that I've come across, which is like like work the work aspect or being um, like a transcoder in live peer or, or doing like another function within a network which is not typically staking but sort of doing another role that a network provides and by doing that role you would receive rewards as well is that something that stakes is actively pursuing sure sure we love models like that okay yeah. and could you give examples well so we, we act as a live peer transcoder today Okay. Um, and are, we have explored being an auger reporter. Uh, there are some regulatory issues that have, have slowed us down a little bit there, but I expect we'll want okay. to for it. I expect we'll support Filecoin uh, and a number of others. But I think you know the, the fundamental 
property here is there's a there's a network driven amount of work that needs to happen to ensure investors receive their rewards, and we want to make that easy for the end investor. And so we will we will do that work and ensure that we can do it at scale so yeah. that the investor gets to earn their their yield on on the asset. And what's the risk to to the investor? Well, the risks vary by cryptocurrency. Every cryptocurrency has a different mechanism. Uh, there are cryptocurrencies like Tezos and EOS and Livepeer, for example, where there is no risk to the underlying asset for the investor. So in some cases, we stake that are taking on some economic risk, but that's not the, the investor isn't exposed to it. Cosmos, for example, there is an Ethereum will have it. There is slashing risk. And so if staked is down for call it more than 12 hours and not participating in the network, you can lose a small portion of your stake, maybe mm-hmm. a tenth of one percent. Yeah. If staked were to be hacked or would act maliciously, you might lose five percent of your stake as a slashing if we double sign blocks, for example, which is very bad. So, uh, you know, in, in cases like Cosmos, you and Ethereum, you need to be very cautious about who you work with and ensure that you're working with a partner that is honest, can keep servers up at all times, and is highly secure. And so that, that's kind of part of the diligence process that yeah. funds and investors do with us when they're, when they're identifying who they want to work with. All right, great. Thank you very much, Tim. I think this is a very good sort of deep dive into staking. Some like a lot of high level things, a few technical things, and I think it's it gives a good sort of introduction to to the actual topic. Terrific. Yeah, I enjoyed it and uh, appreciate your having me on. Thank you. And one more question. I'm I'm planning on actually starting to ask this question before before I finish the show. So you're the first person actually I'm going to ask. So if you were to recommend me two people I should interview for this podcast, who should they be? Well, I really like I mean, a couple of projects that you're paying attention to are uh, Uniswap, the uh, you know automated market maker on Ethereum, and so I think Hayden at Uniswap is is a terrific person, and and. You know, we're also paying attention to UMA protocol, UMA, uh, which provides exposure to underlying indexed assets. And so Hart here in, in New York is another great person that I suggest talking to. Great. Thanks very much. We'll definitely look into those. And yeah, we'll, we'll probably get in contact to see if we get introductions as well. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Tim. Okay. Thanks for your time. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.